When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Simply Amazing. Tim Ryder from the Apple. Uh, This week, I'm joined by my buddy Peter Kaufman, um, co-founder over with my buddies Jeff Ballone, you guys know JB, and Blake Zeff over at Mets Fix, which is, um, I just, you know, it's got to be the benchmark for for Mets newsletters. And that's coming from someone who puts out a Mets (laughs) newsletter and uh, really just terrific content. Peter, thank you so much for joining. What's happening, man? Tim, my pleasure. Uh, I and, and definitely my my partners in crime were definitely big fans of the Apple uh, and uh, and simply amazing. So I'm uh, I'm really uh, happy to be a part of this. So thanks for thanks for the invite. Oh, absolutely, my pleasure, man. Yeah, I had you know JB was on the show. I guess this is probably just before the start of the season, and uh, yeah, I guess we were both you know, just getting into this, the newsletter thing. And I think the excitement was there. And and I think on, on both ends, we could say that everyone had a very success, successful season and that I'm looking forward to the off season and what 20, whatever 2022 might bring. And, and I think that's what we're here to talk about today. Um, I know the Mets have <laughs> had some trouble so far this off season. I mean, I think everyone's talked about the, uh, the issues finding a front office or a president of baseball operations, general manager. I think the Mets have been turned down by, I don't know, might be getting up to a 26 man roster at this point, but um, <laughs> you know, they're they're They've run into a lot of speed bumps. Um, I can't personally remember a, a front office search is publicized as this one, but I guess that's a sign of the times. Um, are you concerned, Peter? I mean, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. Are you are you at that point yet? Yeah, you know, I have to say, like, I I'm definitely not I'm definitely not one of those. Usually, uh, I'm not a fan who lives in Panic City, generally speaking. <laughs> uh, but uh, on this, I yeah, I'm definitely concerned. You know, I think last year made a lot of sense. The sale didn't close until late kind of late in the process, people were making their plans. So, you know, you went with best intentions and I, I love the sort of, you know, I, I loved everything that they had, that they had set out last year. It made sense. You know, Steve Cohen needed Sandy Alderson in that position to get some goodwill to get through the, the, the owner's vote. And, you know, and for those of us who weren't sort of in those meetings, I mean, that was, that was an important point. We shouldn't underrate that. Uh, you know, Alderson's presence sent a message to the other owners that, you know, this wasn't going to be uh, some crazy, you know, crazy billionaire throwing his money around. This was going to be a responsible owner kind of into their fraternity, which, you know, at the time, like he, he had to get approved um, and it wasn't guaranteed. Um, so, you know, that like, I don't want to kind of underrate the importance of having somebody that was a known quantity to get the ownership deal done and get the Wilpons out of here, which is all a net positive. Um, You know, but the reality is now, uh, 
you have somebody in the president's position and, and most, you know, most organizations, they don't have their president is not necessarily somebody who has run baseball ops for 35 years. Uh, you know, you have folks that were deputy mayors that run companies. You have people who run the business of an organization, um, you know, from soup to nuts of what it takes to, you know, rent out city field for concerts. You know, how do you monetize this and that? There are folks that have business, uh, you know, more business background and not baseball ops background. So now Sandy's still there. And, you know, who, who with a big resume really wants to come in um, knowing that, you know, here you have this, you know, this guy who's been such a giant uh, in, in, in the industry as an executive kind of over the shoulder. Um, So as important as it was last year, you can see now that they've had a full search. I wonder, you know, you're not going to get that kind of heavyweight person to come in. It's hard to, it's hard to imagine somebody coming in under Sandy Alderson. Right. And I think like you mentioned, it's that non-traditional team president where where you said it's, it's, it's generally not your, your, um, you know, highly regarded baseball operations executive in that spot. Sometimes it is, but, you know, like you said, there's more of a business aspect and, and yeah, that's sort of, um, I guess you put it perfectly over your shoulder type of aspect has to be a bit um, off-putting. I know a lot has been made about uh, Sandy's son. I I hope his name is Bryn and it's not Brian just without the A. I've been calling him Bryn. I think it's Bryn. Yeah. Thank goodness. Because I, you know, I've been saying that for years. Anyway, um, Bryn Anderson, I guess some have pointed, I haven't heard a lot of it, but it has been brought up that, his presence as an assistant general manager, as an up and comer through the organization, um, you know, might be uncomfortable for a potential hire. And, um, you know, by all accounts, and, you know, we, we've heard from from p- people publicly, I've spoke to, to people privately, you know, Bryn is a, is a well-regarded, highly respected executive. He's been in the game since he graduated college. Is his dad a, a Titan in baseball? Sure. Of course he is. And, um, but I think by this point, at least from my perspective, and I think others have kind of intimated the same thing with, with the resume, he could go out and get a job in any organization right now. And that's, that's probably not even, um, exaggeration. Um, you know, it, I, I understand the, the uncomfortable nature of, of, Oh, I'm going to be the Pobo, but I have Sandy up above me and his son below me. But I think the dynamics of the situation in reality, are, I think it would play out differently considering that Bryn kind of belongs. Yeah. You know, it, it's hard to, you know, without knowing sort of yeah. what's really going on. Yeah. I, I would hate to sort of blame, you know, one person. He obviously he's been in the industry a long time. I think he sure. got this on the merits. I, I do believe that. And no, you know, I, this, this, uh, yeah, this definitely, this definitely seems like one of those where it's like a reverse engineering of why haven't we found somebody? And, <laughs> you know, I think it's kind of people trying to pick like, well, it could be this, it could be this, it could be Twitter. It could be this. Right. Um, you know, and I think probably, you know, maybe all of those little pieces do add up. Um, but I tend to think it's just, it's such a small, it's a very small group of people that really fit what, you know, it was an ideal that they set out. I do like that model of having, you know, having the president of baseball ops, having a general manager, kind of that dynamic, um, 
it does make a lot of sense. I just think that that, that you're not, you know, you're not choosing from a very large pool there and, yeah. you know, and what person, and, and, and in reality, kind of where I think you and I, and probably other, not to speak for you, but I think a lot of us were sort of like, well, God, like uncle Stevie's money is going to like, who wouldn't want to make, you know, 10 million to, to run the Mets. And I think, sure, like 10 million to run the Mets is awesome. But if you're making 6 million, 8 million, and you have an owner that you've known for years and an organization you grew up in and your kids are in school and you're happy where you are, like is, you know, a couple million more going to be the difference between like, you know, potentially crashing and burning on a grand scale. Um, you know, and, and obviously I, I think these people are confident, you know, I, I would hope that you could get someone talented that's willing to kind of play in the big arena, but at the same time, you also can't, fault anybody who, you know, it's not like they're making, um, you know, I don't think, uh, uh, David Stearns is struggling to make ends meet, uh, you know, and, uh, I think these guys, it's hard to kind of imagine somebody uprooting themselves from a place where they have the professional, uh, they have the authority that they want. They have the relationships built in. Uh, so it really is. I, I think it may just come down to that. It's a small universe of folks that you're looking at and, you know, and, and here you see how it plays out. You got to go to kind of the next year down. Yeah. No. And, you know, I think they, they certainly went out and, um, and publicly at least, you know, went for the, the quote unquote big fish. And I think everybody kind of assumed that none of those would really pan out. I, I mean, I, I generally, I've just been, Hey, you know what? Just hire somebody good this whole time. I did get my hopes way up for Raquel Ferreira from the Red Sox. I thought yeah. that would have been an ideal hire, but I think kind of what you were just saying ties into that where, you know, she's been in Boston for, Oh, I think 1999. She started there. Um, worked her way all the way to the top uh, clearly has you know has set roots there and and you know th there's you need good reason to pick up and leave after something like that and maybe this just wasn't the right situation and you know we've seen it happen a dozen or so times now and you know <laughs> is that coincidence maybe maybe not but um yeah they're gonna find somebody and they, you know i wouldn't be shocked if it turns into an internal hire i really wouldn't at this point and you know i think we've heard the um uh, the uh, top scout, Tommy, Tommy Tanous. Um, he's been mentioned as a potential candidate and I'd be fine with that. Of course, where they started with their search up at the top, then kind of falling back on an internal hire and having it kind of play out so publicly isn't ideal, but that would be a, 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 a push in the right direction. Um, then you just got to find a general manager because, Boy, these Mets have a, a a laundry list of stuff to accomplish. Even in, I mean, over the weekend we heard about uh, uh, the team extending qualifying offers to Noah Syndergaard and Michael Conforto. Have to assume that you know Sandy or some of the AGMs were handling that. Um, and you know you're going to have kind of more of these things taking place. Free agency has officially begun, and you know I could just picture kind of Sandy up there with four corded telephones wrapped around his body, <laughs> you know, like the old '80s, like a little montage, office montage. But you know, there's a lot to to accomplish at this point. Um, just get it done, right? Yeah, you know, I, I God, like I just really think the 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 flaw here was the public nature of it and yeah. how much of that is just a function of the fact that we're in New York city and people are hungry for news and you have too many media outlets and too many 
uh, uh, bloggers and uh, podcasts, right? Like people just sort of turning and, uh, you know, flexing every, every contact they have that has a, has a half a rumor to share. Um, <laughs> you know, like, so that's, that's definitely a part of it. And I'm sensitive to that kind of, be, you know, and kind of being part of that ecosphere, <laughs> the, that, uh, that, uh, blogosphere and all that. I get it. Right. Like I, I get, um, so I don't want to be a hypocrite. Uh, I'm part of the noise, but, um, you know, so how part of it, how much of it is just a function of that and how much of it is they shot, they, you know, they, they, they went too high and were a little bit too, too much bravado. Um, I would have liked a less public, uh, a less public process, Derek Jeter, you know, Derek Jeter, he took a lot of hits taking over the Marlins. What he did when he wanted somebody to run baseball ops, he went out and got the absolute best person available period. There were no rumors. There wasn't a lot of gossip. There wasn't a lot of it in whatever. Boom. I know the person. I got her. She's in place. And now she's building a team that's going to that's gonna be uh, wreaking havoc on the Mets for years. Oh, they um, will. Oh, I'm so impressed you know? by that team. So, oh, so, so you know, so we'll see that firsthand. And I would have rather, you know, I, I would rather have not read 27 different um, names. And, you know, I really, you know, and you think, you know, I, I work in – in public relations for a living. And, uh, you know, I've been sort of in the, in the political sphere, you know, as was somebody who kind of, you know, you feed out drips and drabs of stories sometimes on purpose, uh, for various reasons. And, you know, when I read that Billy Bean was, I said, God, like no one's going to be, you know, Theo Epstein never made sense to me. I, mm -hmm. I sort of dismissed that. Right. I think a lot of us did that just, it wasn't a fit and for a number of reasons, and it just didn't make sense. Um, but the Billy Bean, when you kind of have people who are like, oh, the Sandy Alderson and, uh, you know, maybe now is the time and he didn't get to re-sign Marcus Semyon. And, he, you know, maybe that is maybe this is the sort of the exclamation point to his career. He'll go and win a World Series in New York back in the Mets where it all began. I, I embrace that narrative. I bought that book, line and sinker, um, you know, and I'm still kind of you know, still stung from that. So I, you know, in hindsight, wish that none of these names were ever floated. And I just <laughs> wonder whoever kind of was, you know, if this is whoever's playing, trying to play the 12 dimensional chess here and, uh, and doing the, I guess it's not leaking by design. This much more seems like just kind of, uh, any random person who hears a snippet of a name is giving it to, uh, their favorite reporter. And, uh, <laughs> that's a shame because it doesn't, it doesn't reflect well on, uh, on the team. No, no. And I, it's, I think this is probably played out, um, you know, the least ideal way uh, for the Mets as an organization. And, I, you know, and just kind of harp, uh, just kind of touch on what you were saying there. Um, you know, I get that, you know, uh, journalism and even, you know, blogging and whatever this is today, because it's really just the dynamic is changing considerably, like really fast. But, you know, I get it. I get, you know, people get information and, and I'm sure it's good information. I'm sure it's information that's being said. I think that, you know, when people come out and just spew out anything, that's, you know, people pick that up pretty fast and say, oh, that's, that's nonsense. But I think a lot of the information that we're hearing has basis to it. It just might not be as concrete as some let on, it might just be a, an idea, a thought, a phone call, whatever. But um, yeah, having it all play out. So, so publicly just, it can't be good for, for anything. And, you know, the, the GM meetings are starting on Monday. Uh, we're recording 
on it's just before noon on Monday, by the way. Uh, very quick, I have to say it. Um, rest in peace to former Mets reliever Pedro Feliciano. We heard that uh, he, he passed away in his sleep on Sunday night um, from Eduardo Perez at ESPN. And that's just uh, extremely sad news. I, I hate to throw that in there, but I did. I just remembered that we're recording on Monday and we did just hear that. So um, rest in peace to, to Pedro and his family and his friends and his teammates and his coaches, everybody. But um, I mean, back to the Mets, they have all the motivation in the world right now. They just watched their division rivals win the world series, uh, a, a team that, you know, the Mets were comfortably ahead of in, in, you know, let's say August, July, August. Um, and, you know, they watched Atlanta go out and do what they had to do and go off on this miracle run. And they won, they won a world series. I mean, coming from an optimistic fan, like such as myself, I was saying this in July, like, Hey, go out and go out and make the moves, make the run. The basis is there, but you know, they didn't. Um, And now the motivation is kind of tenfold to, to go out and do it. Um, Are you comfortable with Sandy heading into these GM meetings, trying to get things done? Or do you think it's almost like a, Touch and go. I know it's a speculated, speculatory question, but um, do you think that the the wheels in good hands as they're going into this thing without a true quote unquote front office in place? You know, it, it's unfortunate. It's going to be a lot of turmoil in the sport uh, heading into the collective bargaining, and oh, yeah. you know, a, a potential lockout coming up. Um, you know, I, God, I, I would really love for there to be a GM in place um, that's on the hook. Uh, you know, that's, you know, I, I want somebody in, in the hot seat who is accountable um, as opposed to sort of a diffuse, uh, uh, opaque leadership structure where, you know, we don't <laughs> really know who at the end of, end of the day is making calls. And is it you know, is it, is it Chris Christie weighing in on who he wants to sign or oh, is it actually somebody who's worked in baseball ops and, uh, you know, is running, running the team? Yeah. That's the, yeah, that, that's my concern uh, heading into the GM meetings. And, you know, I, I don't imagine this team again, I, this is, uh, you know, all, you know, it's all speculative. I, is this team going to be wheeling and dealing as far as on the trade front? I, I would think, uh, the one, the one philosophy here, you know, the, the limits are off, uh, Cohen by all sort of reports, I, I believe are accurate that he, you know, he made a promise, uh, to get the vote of the owners that he wasn't going to break, uh, he wasn't going to, uh, crash the, the tax threshold or whatever it was last season, his first year, all bets are off, right? Like we can have as high a payroll as we need to have. Um, and I imagine the Mets will, will be one of the highest payrolls next season. Um, and I don't think that anybody who comes in is going to want to give up any of the few prospects the team has. So I do think that it's going to be free agency. I think there's time for that. So I'm not, I'd rather get the higher, right? I guess it's a long winded way of saying I'd rather get the, 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 the new GM, I, I get the best person in there rather than rush to get it done in the GM meetings. I don't, I don't foresee much wheeling and dealing this week um, mm-hmm. as it is, but who, who knows? Um, you know, ha- having said all that, I, I would feel a lot better, obviously like everyone, if, if that person were hired sooner rather than later and started 
to have somebody accountable in the seat making those decisions. Um, you know, and, and, and I just, I hate the haphazard nature of the whole thing, right? Like, you know, there are some, some targets of opportunity that come up, but, you know, I want it based off of a philosophy. Um, you know, the bias trade, um, I guess we could say that it, it, it worked out. Like we got to see him. And I think on the pause, I was, I was against that trade, uh, and, you know, in all transparency, I didn't think it made sense at the time. I didn't think, you know, it didn't fit the philosophy that I thought we, we were trying to build about, mm-hmm. um, you know, high on base percentage guys, uh, getting people on base. I, it, I never, I'm not on a bias train, uh, per se. I think the, on the positive side, I think we got to see who bias is on the big stage in New York city. Right. So we know who he's going to be. If we yeah. sign him long-term, we do it with eyes open He's going to be, he's going to win some games just by his athleticism and his talent. Um, He's going to lose some games by swinging wildly at pitches in the wrong situation. Um, And that's going to be who he is, right? Uh, The frustration and talent all mixed together in a package that has an on-base percentage about 300 to 310, right? Um, (laughs) So, uh, you know, so I, you know, I would support that having said all that, like, yeah, go ahead and sign him, and, but know what we're getting, right? Like, I don't want people to think we're getting, uh, uh, you know, the best hitting shortstop in the game for the next eight years. You know, we're getting a second baseman who's a dynamic double play duo with Lindor, um, who's going to hit a bunch of home runs and strike out 180 times. And we just yeah. need to know that going in. And, and you know what? I, I'm with you. I'm 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 100 fine with that. I I was actually really excited when they traded for him. I hate losing Pete Crow Armstrong. Um, just because you know I think he's a very very good prospect, and I think he's going to be a, a a major leaguer one day. But um, you know his the electricity, and I yeah you know his his batted ball profile. Um, that's just part of his game. I think like you said, we we got to see the best and worst of that very high points and, and somewhat low points before you really turned it on. But um, I would be fine with bringing him in for, you know, long-term. And I think that would kind of be the perfect move for Sandy and, and Cohen to make right now. Cause I guess he's already come out and said he wanted to return here. Like, let everybody know that there's someone behind the wheel. The lights are on, you know, we're, we're, we're cooking dinner. Just walk in. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, go out and, and, and that's how you say, hey, yeah, we're, we're here to do this. We, we signed Baez for, I don't know, I, I still think you can get him for 490, but we'll see. Four years, 90 million. Uh, I wrote that down. I still, I'm looking at it right now. I wrote that down on my wall on September 5th. Uh, I'm still hoping it pans out, but <laughs> even if it's, you know, 5110, 5115, whatever. Uh, yeah, if, if you can get him for four years, si- sign me up. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, and I think he's, he wants to be here, or at least he said so enough publicly that maybe you do have a little leverage as far as what can we do to make this work for both of us? And, you know, you hope for it. We're going to take a real quick break. We hear from our sponsors because we have a little bit more of our off season list to discuss still. Uh, Hang tight. We'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
and welcome back. Tim Ryder from the Apple. We're here with Peter Kaufman from uh, co-founder of Mets Fix. Of course, if you guys haven't subscribed to Mets Fix yet, uh, it's on Substack. You can search for it on Google, follow them on Twitter. All the links will be there. It's uh, just outstanding content. Uh, me and Peter were just discussing, I guess, what <laughs> what this team can do before a front office is in place. Um, I think we both are uh, under agreement that uh, if they were to sign Javi Baez, it would be a nice move. He's sticking at second. Uh, the timing of that is to be determined, of course. But the Mets do have other other holes to, to fix here. And I know, Peter, you mentioned in the first half that I guess the the trade winds that might be blowing at some point this offseason without a true front office in place that might be a little, um, I guess, far-fetched for uh, a course of action right now for this team. But, you know, I personally look at third base as a, as a target area for the offseason. Um, you have your Matt Chapmans and your Jose Ramirez's who are expected to be available via trade, um, Oakland and Cleveland, respectively. You got your Chris Bryant out there, your uh, – Carlos Correa, who said he's open to playing third base, but he's going to cost a ton of money. <laughs> um, you know, do, do you have, do you think third base is a, is a, you know, a red flag area that you have to address? Do you feel that pitching, you know, Marcus Stroman's still out there. You still have to plug some holes behind him um, or behind Jacob in front of uh, Taiwan Walker and Carlos Carrasco and so on and so forth. W what are your thoughts going into the offseason? Yeah. You know, I, I, I find myself getting, um, you know, I, I love the fact that we get to play in the, I mean, I hate to use the Scott Boris uh, <laughs> um, analogies, but, you know, we get to play in the gourmet food section and it's nice because it's been a yeah. long time since the Mets were there. Sure. Um, you know, so I also don't want to just go, you know, off the deep end. Uh, yeah. I guess I'd love to sign, sign Baez, sign Bryant for third and right field. Uh, sign Sterling Marte, Starling Marte, right? Like let's get them all, um, <laughs> you know, but it, you know, if, if, and it's not my money anyway. Um, but you know, I, like looking at kind of what's out there, look, I, I like bias for all the reasons we said, as long as we go in, as long as it's not, all, you know, off the deep end, if it's like, if it's your four year, 90 million, I do that in a heartbeat. Um, I go four years, a little, even higher than that. If it's four years, um, I like Chris Bryant. I've just always loved him as a player um, and his versatility. You know, he's out there running around center field this year in the playoffs. Um, you know, that's the way the game is going. Um, and to have a lineup where you have somebody like Chris Bryant that you can pencil in and right and left or third interchangeably, get somebody like a reinvigorated Jeff McNeil, who's not standing uh, 30 feet from, uh, from Lindor and get him, you know, in the corner outfields and maybe third base a little bit, um, at least where he doesn't have to turn a double play with Lindor. Um, we haven't even touched you know. on that. That's how much stuff we had on the list. We haven't even got That's, to yeah. McNeil and Lindor. We haven't got to Chili Davis. Um, we might not even have time for it. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, yeah. Oh, what a week. What a week. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, sorry. You know, I didn't mean to I, cut you I, off. Yeah, no, no, no. That's like, yeah, no, I, that I'm at, like better to talk <laughs> about that than just conjecture about who we love. You know, I, I think it's, but I, you know, I, I think that is somebody that I always love that Chris Bryan is somebody that fits. It seems to be a fit, fits the direction of the game. He was really early. You know, he was one of the leaders in the advent of the launch angles and hitting fly balls and all that. 
Um, and now over the past year, he's sort of changing his swing um, to hit more solid contact uh, different parts of the field. Um, so I love that he's kind of uh, was at the forefront of one philosophy and now is now that the pitchers have all adjusted and are all throwing uh, high fastballs. Now he's uh, he's kind of adjusting his swing based off of their adjustment to him. Um, so I like that. And, you know, uh, so I'd love to see him on the Mets if we could get him. Um, and I do think we have to make some offensive upgrades. Um, you know, and I, I think you're sort of going like, just, I don't want to sort of jump around too much, but I think, you know, the other thing is like the, the qualifying offers. I think it depends on what happens with Conforto in the next few days. Um, obviously like it seems like uh going to take the the qualifying offer. Right. I think we're, we're clear on that. Oh yeah. Um, I'd be shocked if he doesn't. And I mean, it makes a lot of ton of sense for him. Um, Conforto, I, you know, I've been, I've been somebody who for a couple months now has been thinking that Scott Boris is just posturing. I don't see how Michael Conforto doesn't accept $18 million to play next year. I'm with you hundred um, percent on that. Like it, it go makes out, too much sense. Hit, yeah. Hit 30 home runs. Get your on base up to 350, like, you know, get that OPS up, go back out to the free agency without a without a qualifying offer attached to you. Why, why wouldn't he? I, yeah. I don't see this. I saw one on one one of the um sites, the ESPN, I think, had him as a possible five year, 110 million. Who's gonna give him five years? I wouldn't give him five years. No. Um you no, know, not after I, the year I, he just yeah. came off of. And, and he finished strong. And don't get like August 1st on, he was Michael Conforto minus some power. He All of his numbers checked out for the last like two months of the season. But boy, that first half was bad, man. Like, you know, of course, in hindsight, you know, signing a, a, an extension with the Mets ahead of the season, ahead of 2021 would have been, you know, the move. You know, at this point, after the year he had, and, and you know, you know, teams are going to be scared off. It doesn't matter how he finished; they're going to be scared off by this. He's not going to. I think he, somebody saw somebody put him at three years, fifty million. Another publication had him at five years, hundred and twenty million, or something like. Yeah, it's just it's it makes too much sense after the season he had to take the. and then bet on himself. We saw Stroman do it last year. Um, Marcus Simeon didn't take a qualifying offer. He got one this year, but he still got a one-year $18 million deal last year, essentially the same thing. And he turned it into what he turned into. Oh, it just makes so much sense. Yeah. I mean, so it'll, I guess we'll know more. Um, And and that'll, I I think that definitely has an impact obviously on, on who they go out uh, and how much flexibility they have. But uh I, I don't know that if, if he turns down the qualifying offer, I, I really like Conforto as a player. I like him as a person, seems like a good character guy in the clubhouse. I'm not going to break the bank trying to bring him back. I just, I can't. Um, yeah. It's been no. too, you know, and, and I'm somebody who thinks, I, I think he's been, I think fans have been unfair to him through the years. I think everybody kind of saw him. You see that beautiful swing. And I think we all, a lot of us are like, Oh, he should be a 40 home run 300 average guy. Um, You know, and I think his on base has always been super high uh, with the exception of this year. So, you know, so even when it's like, Oh, he's only hitting, he's hitting 230. What's he doing? And it's like, no, but his on base is 360. Who cares? He's getting his, his his OBP was still like 340 something this year. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, so, yeah, he's a he's a player, man. Uh, but but like yeah. you said, it's got to be, it's got to be the deal that works for uh, for the Mets too. You yeah, can't just I, you, oh we're yeah, we, well, we're gonna keep him, we're gonna match any offer. No, I would have done that with Zach Wheeler, but <laughs> you know, Michael yeah, Conforto. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, knock on him. I yeah. like you said, yeah. nice player, but um, you know, I'm not gonna go and and break the bank for him. And we and we gotta make we have to make changes. We can't do this. You know, I find myself where. God, if all we do is is resign uh, resign Baez and 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 frankly, even if if you bring Stroman back, that you basically have the same team again, and well, it didn't do that well this year. So and and I'd like because the thing is, I think I've said it on the show previously. I, I like this core. I think that this core is a core of very talented players. I just think that they're not the answer as they are now. I think you got to add to it. And if you have to add elite talent to it to make it work, you do. While you still have these guys under their, you know, pre-free agency contracts, um, make the push. I think, and I think even, you know, then as you lose your, I would love to see Brandon Nimmo be extended. But, you know, as these guys potentially leave the organization, albeit it's going to be a really expensive core, but at least you have something in place. So you're ready for the Beatties and the Ronnie Mauricio's who are doing very well this winter, by the way. Uh, Beatty's cooling down a bit in Arizona. Um, Ronnie is on fire in the Dominican Winter Leagues. But kind of just keep that that train moving. And then, you know, who knows? One day you might have a Gil Hodges, you know, knocking on the door of the Hall of Fame after all these years. That's a really, really tough segue. I, I, it's the last <laughs> one on my list. I'm with I, you. I'm with you. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I know, you know, we've said this a million times um, now that he's back on the committee era ballot. Um, Gil Hodges absolutely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I, I put a, a tweet out over the weekend, just the only first baseman and Stan usual played first base at outfield, but he qualified for first base in a lot of his seasons. Only first baseman with more wins above replacement than Gil Hodges between 1950 and 1959. Was Stan Musial, and Stan Musial is an inner circle Hall of Famer. There's no reason that this guy should be out now. Of course, I'm 38. I'm way too young to have seen Gil Hodges play, but my father was too young to have remembered Gil Hodges playing. Um, but, Peter, you were saying before we got on the air that that you and your dad um, had a nice connection uh, between the memory of Gil Hodges, and I'd love to hear about it. Oh yeah, so the Gil Hodges was my dad's favorite uh, favorite athlete of all time. Uh, he grew up in. Uh, I grew up in Astoria going to Ebbets Field in Brooklyn and loved Gil Hodges, the quiet man, definitely reflected my dad's uh, quiet personality. Um, so I grew up hearing about what a travesty it was that he wasn't in the Hall of Fame. Um, and then, you know, and being raised by a Brooklyn Dodger fan, um, you know, and then Phil Rizzuto made the Hall of Fame. Uh, and that was, you know, an outrage in my household. Uh, no, no knock on Scooter. I know he's beloved uh, as a commentator and that, but you look, you know, he lifetime, their stats are actually similar, right? Like Rizzuto and uh, Hodges both had a 273 uh, batting average career. Hodges had slightly uh, higher OBP, 359. Rizzuto had 351. Uh, but Hodges had a three se- 370 career home runs. He had an OPS of 846. And I think uh, Rizzuto had an OPS of 706. I mean, he's a little guy. Um, 
you know, and it's also Hodges. It's not just the numbers, right? The counting stats aren't necessarily there. He's a first baseman who had 370 home runs. Um, and even though that was, I think that would have put him 11th when he retired uh, in, in history at the time. Uh, you know, I think people look at it and say, oh, he, you know, he didn't hit 500 home runs. Uh, but he was a gold, like, he was the original gold glove first baseman. I mean, he won yeah. the first three awards when they started offering uh, offering it. Um, and, you know, when he was a key piece of a historic team, uh, of a historic world champion. And then, you know, the, obviously for Met fans, the cherry on top is he was a critical piece as manager of the Miracle Mets of 69. So I think you kind of look at that, and I know baseball's, different than the other sports and and frankly I'll, I'll be transparent I don't follow the other halls of fame uh, mm-hmm. very closely at all I mean baseball is my sport I love baseball that's what I'm fixated on <laughs> um, so I, I do think the fact that he was an outstanding manager but wasn't a manager for long enough because he tra- died so young mm-hmm. um, and the fact that he's kind of borderline as a player and then was on his way to be an outstanding manager it doesn't seem like baseball has a um you know, oh, let's consider both. You know, you have Hall of Fame managers and then you have Hall of Fame players. Um, it, it seems to me like, you know, basketball looks at it like what's your lifetime contribution to the sport? Um, and, you know, and they have they have like 10, 10 guys a year or whatever. And yeah. what's your lifetime contribution to the sport? That If you look at it that way, Hodges would be a no-brainer. Um, but I do think the stats are there and I don't want to sort of go, you know, too much just kind of recounting like random statistics, like, you know, the way these decisions are made, Harold Baines is a hall of famer, right? <laughs> like the guy's a career DH cause he wasn't good enough to play in the field. He has a career 38.7 war. Hodges had 43.9 again with gold glove defense, very, very similar stats. Baines in a, in a lot, in a more live ball era had 384 career home runs. Again, Hodges had 370, Really similar. Hodges had the higher OPS, uh, similar on base. Um, you know, uh, Baines, to his credit, he had 2,800 hits. He had a lot more hits than, than Hodges did. Um, but I look at that. He's a career, uh, a career DH who gets into the Hall of Fame because he's buddies with an influential owner who apparently called in favors to get him through the Veterans Committee. And God bless them all. But if Harold Baines is in the Hall of Fame, Gil Hodges should be in the Hall of Fame. And guess what? If those two are all both in the Hall of Fame, then Keith Hernandez should be in the Hall of Fame. But we can leave that <laughs> for the next podcast. Oh, my goodness. We could do a full hour on Keith. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you know, I again, you know, I, I never had much more to look at as far as Hodges' playing career than, than the stats. But, you know, from all of the people who were around in my life in 1969 and in the years leading up to it, you know, the one thing, the one constant that you hear is that no one could have turned that team into world champions besides Gil Hodges. And that, I guess, you know, to us, it it means something different. But that that story in itself, I think, you know, like you said, it's not a you getting his player, you getting his manager, the two separate things. I mean, look at Joe Torre. Joe Torre had arguably a Hall of Fame playing career. Didn't make it to the Hall of Fame there, but made it as a manager. You could look at at, at Gil Hodges in, in either case. And, and yeah, the longevity isn't there, but in, in it should make his playing career case that much stronger. And now that it's going to a, a ballot of only 16 voters, 
you know, hopefully that's um, that's the case because it's 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 about damn time. <laughs> yeah, uh, Peter, I, I think I, I've taken up way too much of your time midday on a Monday. I, I can't thank you enough for coming on, man. Oh, it's my pleasure. I really I had a lot of fun. Where can everyone find you on social media? And um, if you have the the, the Mets Fix um, uh, domain there, just drop that. Yeah, just uh, metsfix.com. Sign up and find out more. Uh, we're uh, on Twitter at Mets. Uh, I'm at Peter Kaufman, two Fs, two Ns. Uh, but yeah, definitely check out metsfix.com uh, to sign up. Thank you so much. Again, Peter Kaufman, co-founder of Metsfix, ardent Mets fan. Uh, <laughs> big rooter for Gil Hodges as we all are. <laughs> and, uh, and really, man, thank you so much. We'll definitely have to have you back. Everyone, you know where to find us anywhere you listen to, uh, to podcasts, subscribe, rate, review, and, uh, we'll see you next time. Let's go Mets. Peace. Peace.